Welcome to the Shot Clock Scribbles, your ultimate destination for all things NBA. I'm your host, Tendai, and today we're diving headfirst into the whirlwind that was the NBA All-Star Weekend. From the jaw-dropping slam dunks to an entertaining three-point contest that went down literally to the wire. We'll be breaking down all the thrilling events in Indy and moments that had everybody turning their heads and hitting the rewind button. But that's not all. We're also examining the hottest topics currently circulating in the league. From firings, contract extensions, we've got you covered. Plus, I'll be sharing my insights on which teams I believe are in danger of missing out on the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. The competition is fierce and every game counts as we approach the postseason and the East got stronger than years before. And speaking of playoffs, I'll reveal my predictions for the two teams I believe will battle their way to the NBA Finals this year. Will it be a clash of the Titans or a Cinderella story in the making? Tune in to find out. But before we wrap up, We'll be taking a closer look at what lies ahead for the Sacramento Kings with a place in the playoffs. First time in 16 years last season, the Kings have their sights set on making waves in the Western Conference and going further than they did last year against the Warriors. First round exit. We'll discuss what's going on for them and where they need to improve moving forward. So sit back. I got you covered. Get ready for an action-packed episode filled with all the NBA insights you crave. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and tip off. Alright, so first thing is first, we're going to talk about the All-Star Weekend, including the All-Star Game, the Rising Stars dunk contest and three-point, and the shootout between Steph and Sabrina, and that's what we'll be covering right now. So, the All-Star Game, what did I think about it? Well, it's the first time any team has ever scored 200 points, so... That was pretty nuts as it is. There's been a lot of circulation that people don't really care about the All-Star game, which we'll be talking about and diving into what Adam Silver said and how he felt after the game. It's not it's not good, that's for sure. But you had Dame Lillard just go off for 39 points and Cat with a 50-piece. And I think the fans really wanted Tyrese Halliburton to win it, of course, in his backyard. But Dame, the Oakland man, gets the MVP trophy and he is looking to also win the three-point contest again uh, next year so it's the first time I believe somebody has won all-star MVP and then also won something in the three-point contest or the three-point shot contest so I think it's the first time since Michael Jordan I believe so pretty pretty cool stuff there as you guys witnessed or didn't witness there wasn't a lot of defense played and that was the big thing in this weekend. A lot of legends talking about you guys need to take this game seriously. We've seen those highlights from the early 2000s. Kobe playing a lot of defense at the end to close out some games against LeBron. And that game in 2001 in Washington, D.C., it came down to the wire. It was 110-109 to the east. Allen Iverson picking up accolades, all-star MVP doing that. And Kobe and Starberry going back and forth to end that game. So there's a lot of talk about the All-Star game. And honestly, I don't really know how you improve things. I don't really have an opinion um, what they need to do there. Let's go ahead and move on and talk about the dunk contest. So this one was a pretty good contest. My prediction was right. Mac McClung went back to back. And the big question is, will he be a three-peat champion again next year 
And after the contest, he mentioned that anything is on the table, but he wouldn't really say yes right now. So honestly, I think if you're Mac, you accept it and you try to do a three, a three peat, that would be amazing for him. And there was a lot of stuff after the contest too. Uh, Stephen A. Smith saying LeBron not partaking in the dunk contest is not a good look. But honestly, LeBron can do whatever the hell he wants. I don't think it should be one's man opinion to tell somebody what to do or what not to do. I just don't see where he's coming. I see it from a small-sided angle, but if he doesn't want to compete, he doesn't want to compete. He does what he wants, and that's that's his choice. Obviously, it hasn't been entertaining since Gordon and I believe, who was the other dunk? Oh, Zach Levine. I think uh, that one was in either New York or Atlanta. But anyhow, I don't know how you fix this dunk contest. I don't know if an incentive of more money would do it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, if you have to keep on bringing players from the G League to compete in this contest, it's not it's not a good look. Of course, Mac likes it, and obviously he wants to make an NBA roster, which is what he's aiming for here, playing down there uh, in Orlando. So I also thought that the judges weren't very good. You had Gary Payton, Mitch Richmond, Dominic Wilkins, Fred Jones, Darnell Hillman, during this contest and I just thought that there were some dunks where they gave him a really low score even though the dunk was like crazy like for example Michael McClung he he jumps over somebody and throws a ball up to himself and he gets like a what like a 46.57 something like that and I don't know and then there was other dunks where you know they gave a really high score they were just want to make up for it but we need more better judges in this contest in my in my opinion there was one year i'm looking at a inside stuff cover of lebron t-mac vince carter and kobe bryant imagine if those guys took part in the nba dunk contest early on uh this is around 2005 i love this cover it's vince in the front with a ball but what if those guys took part in it those guys i believe it was lebron T-Mac and Kobe, they were going to take part in that slam, con- slam dunk contest. Not so sure about Vince, but imagine if those guys ended up playing in, a, in the dunk contest. That would be pretty fucking dope. All right, let's go ahead and move on. Let's talk about the three-point contest. All right, so the three-point contest, my prediction was Lowry Markkinen. And he did not win. It was actually pretty competitive. This game that we have today relies on the three ball. So you knew it was going to be a tough competition to try to win. Damian Lillard goes back to back in this one. Cat really went off. I totally forgot about him even being in the contest, to be honest. But he did solidify that he is one of the biggest big man to be shooting the three. That's for damn sure. And you had three or four players tie at 26. So that was that was pretty nuts uh, that they had to keep going there. That that definitely was ex- exciting to watch. And, you know, you had Donovan went out, JB went out, and yeah, you really need to be on your on your thing in a three-point contest. That's a pretty tough competition to win. So will Dame go three peat next year? Let's see what happens in the future. 
Moving on to Stefan Sabrina. This was definitely the last event of the night. And, oh boy, it did entertain, didn't it? It was definitely entertaining. Sabrina started out real hot. And, of course, Sabrina can shoot the ball lights out. She started out hot. She came out of the gates with all fires just going left and right. And she put the pressure on Steph. And I definitely agree with Reggie Miller in, like, adding Dame and Caitlin Clark next year. But my only twist to that would be to mix up the team. So not make it just men versus women, but actually combine the teams and then let them go head-to-head, two versus two, and see who wins that contest these are some of the best if not the best three-point shooters out there right now so let them go at it switching gears now the rising stars game was very intriguing to watch this year there were three teams last year there were four teams so you slash the teams in one and you make it basically a semifinals and a finals format and i definitely loved the ivy and matherin benedict matherin going back and forth trash talking to each other and you you could you could hear him on the mic talking back i think benedict was saying oh even in the rising star game you still can't guard me and those guys turning baskets a couple of times that was definitely exciting to watch and with benedict mather and i definitely think he showed out those guys don't get a lot of nationally televised games i think the first one they've had this year was back in january maybe january 25th or 23rd, something like that. But Benedict Matherin is one of my favorite players to watch, and I think he really showed out. I'll be talking about his numbers this season in just a moment here. But the G League team that also played in this contest, you could definitely tell they had a chip on their shoulder. And Tim Powell, which I predicted to actually win this, uh, went out pretty early on. So the G League team came in, and those guys were hungry. Hey, you're getting a shot at the spotlight here? On prime time, of course. This is also like a tryout to just hey teams, just market yourself. Hey, this is this is what I can do, and I definitely think they showed out um, in the G League team there. So I wanted I wanted to talk about Benedict Matherin real quick because the numbers on him are pretty good this year. He's started 15 games and he's played in 52 games, and. Points per game, he's averaging almost 14 points a game, 3.8 rebounds, 1.9 assists, but he's shooting the ball very well, 45% from the field and 36.6 from the three. Free throws, 82.5, which is very good uh, for his position. So the 6'5", 210 shooting guard with the Pacers has a good career ahead of him, and he's got that dog in him. They always say, hey, this person's got a dog on him. Um, So... Benedict Matherin is definitely one of the more intriguing players in the NBA and definitely keep out for him. Keep an eye out for him. He's a very good player. All right. So next, I wanted to cover Doc Rivers. Recently, this past All-Star break, he did do a small little interview in where he said he doesn't understand what Milwaukee was doing, firing a coach in the middle of the season like that. And he kind of had the hesitation on joining them. And it's pretty intriguing here. I want to talk about the Bucks real quick. Is this season the first ten games that Doc has taken over for them? He's went three and seven, so that's a thirty percent average there. So not very good. Before heading into the All Star break, I think I don't know if people were just maybe looking forward to a small little vacation, but 
they have a lot of work to do and let's see if Dame can continue to be consistent for them shooting shooting the ball this season has not been great and also he's missed a couple games as well so let's continue to monitor that situation also Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez those are guys that are x-factors as well as Bobby Portis when that guy gets going he gets going for them and then you add in a guy like Patrick Beverly which actually he's been sending shots back and forth with Austin Rivers of course, basically what J.J. Redick was saying the other day is Doc Rivers always has some kind of an excuse. And Gortat, the former big man for the Clip- from the Clippers, was agreeing with what he was saying there. So I don't know. I think this is the last time that Doc Rivers coaches the NBA team. And he's what? He's 62 right now. And I just don't think he's really relatable to the players anymore after his last stint in Philadelphia so let's see how these guys finish out this season there's a lot of turmoil over there so let's see how they finish out this season I think they're definitely gonna get to the Eastern Conference Finals at least at best so we shall see how that goes all right for the all-star weekend I wanted to talk about numbers here because the overnight numbers are in 15 million unique viewers in the U.S. watched the State Farm All-Star Game on TNT, True TV, and BR Sports on Max. So that means that increase of 54% in viewership versus last year. And a quick fact as well, it's the most watched NBA All-Star night in four years. So the numbers are up. Essentially... This offseason, there is a whole uh, collective bargain that happened. The next falls in line is the TV deals, which Adam Silver was trying to get these players to play hard during this weekend. So Adam Silver had a press conference, and I definitely watched it. I wanted to just talk about some big things that were talked about in this press conference. The first was something to do with who's going to be the next LeBron And he said, quote, I would never anoint another player to be the next LeBron James, just in the same way when Michael retired. Silver said during his annual media availability session on All-Star Night in Indy. I remember, quote, I remember at the time David Stern was saying whoever demonstrates on the court that they should be. So definitely it's like, okay, let's see who the best player out there in the landscape is. Uh, that's basically what he was saying there. And another big thing from this season has been the refs and the NBA players. So he talks about the relationship between the two, which he does say there is a bit of a disconnect. Um, so there has been a sense that a generation or two ago, players and referees hash things out on the fly compared to short fuses and quick technical fouls often seen today. Silver conceded that communication could be improved. Quote, it's not a typical workplace. We have to take into account the high stress they're under, he said. There just has to be a two-way sense of respect. Um, Sympathetic to the frustration and feel it's an area where we can make progress. So definitely, myself included, I've been barking on the refs this whole season because there's a lot of soft calls that are being called out there and it just seems like a lot of players get technical fouls left and right and also getting thrown out. You saw Devin Booker getting thrown out within six minutes of the game of versus the Pistons before the All-Star weekend, for an example there. So I don't know. There definitely needs to be a better relationship between the two. And switching gears into another 
perceived gap in intensity from the regular season play to the playoffs. Obviously, this was a big thing. They wanted to have players really play during the regular season and take it serious. So he said about this, quote, It's only natural that when you get to the point where these are playoff games that are determining whether you're so-called win or go home, they're going to be an added level of intensity. So that's what he thinks about that. Quote, people often ask me, well, if players aren't going to play at a certain intensity level for 82 games, does that mean your season should be shorter? I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think people understand there's a regular season. They understand there's playoffs and they understand the difference between the finals and the first round or a game seven and a game one. And I think that's part of the rhythm. Oh, that's that's a part of the rhythm of the game. Pardon me. So those are some of the things that he said. He said a couple more things as well, but that's basically what he said. And next year, the All-Star Weekend is being taken place in San Francisco, California, which I am pretty close to that because I stay in Sacramento. And I just saw this. I thought this was funny. So you might be thinking, what are the city requirements for hosting an All-Star Weekend? So number one, 72 50 hotel rooms and a minimum of three five-star hotels. So that's 7,250 hotel rooms. Number two, convention center of 650,000 square feet of exhibition space. Number three, 75 non-stop domestic flights and at least 20 international flights. So those are the requirements. Next year, this is taking place in San Francisco, which has had a problem with people breaking into people's cars and a lot of homelessness issue. I've been there recently in the last two months and it has been better, but they're definitely going to need to be a better approach come the All-Star Weekend because it's a big thing. You want the cities to look nice and let's just see how that goes. Switching gears now, I wanted to talk about a contract extension that happened during the all-star break. So Mike Conley Jr. from the Minnesota Timberwolves has agreed on a two-year, $21 million deal. And basically, the Timberwolves keep keep him out of free agency during the summer and in the backcourt through 2015 to 2026 is essentially what's going down here. So I think this is a good move for the Timberwolves. Their money situation is going to be very dire, and they're going to be pretty deep in the luxury tax. I think $187 million after this offseason. So this is a definite good decision uh, to keep Mike because the other teams were definitely sniffing out for him. And Mike is getting towards the very back end of his career, and I think he just wants to make Minnesota home Move, moving forward here. He's been in the league for quite a while. Of course, he thought maybe... In Memphis, he would play with that team forever, and then he goes to the Jazz, and then now he's with the Wolves. So he's contributing very good this season, and it's definitely a good decision from the front office here. Another thing that happened during the break here is Kevin Ollie has been named interim head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, and I have the last couple coaches that have coached for the Nets over the years. They've had a lot of changes and it's just an organization that is kind of going downhill. The James Harden deal is definitely putting them in a tough situation. 
um, moving forward here. So just the last coaches since 2012 for them, Avery Johnson, PJ Carlissimo, Jason Kidd, Lionel Hollins, Tony Brown, Kenny Atkinson, Jack Vaughn, Steve Nash, and then Jack Vaughn again. And then now Kevin Ollie has been appointed interim. So honestly, I love Kevin Ollie. Um, I hope I hope he gets the job and gets the full-time position. He's done a lot of good work um, with the Connecticut team there in his former alma mater. And yeah, there's a lot of turmoil with the Nets moving forward here. I think one of the biggest things that happened this season was sitting out a bunch of players doing a game and it ended up costing them $100 million. So that was definitely a eye looker about, hey, what is going on with this? All right, so that's enough about that. I wanted to switch gears and talk about the Eastern Conference here. Uh, top eight standings, we have Boston, Cleveland, the Bucks, Knicks, 76ers, Pacers, Heat, Magic, Bulls, and Atlanta are the top 10 teams in the East. So there's going to be a lot of competition trying to get in the playoffs. The Miami Heat will probably end up making the playoffs, but which teams do I think are not even going to definitely make it? I have the Nets, the Raptors, and the Hornets. Those are the teams from 11 to 13. I don't see those guys making any kind of steam. But you know what? Keep an eye out for these Atlanta Hawks because they've been catching more on fire here. They they keep a core piece in DeJounte Murray uh, during this past trade deadline. And I don't know what's going to happen to Trey Young next season. There's a lot of talk about him going to the Lakers. But Trey's starting to heat up now moving forward. He missed a couple games, including one here in Sacramento, which I wanted to go to, but he didn't end up playing in that game. So the Chicago Bulls are also another team to watch as well. They might make a dent from maybe ninth, and maybe they'll get maybe in the sixth spot. Uh, But I don't really see those top four teams moving anytime soon. That's Boston, Cleveland, Bucks, and the Knicks. The 76ers is is a team to watch for with JoJo being hurt. They're going to slip down in the standings here. And let's see if they even make the playing because that's probably what they're playing for now, especially not having JoJo. So that's my two take on that. All right. So real quick, I wanted to talk about three teams in the West. That's the Warriors, the Nuggets, and the Lakers. So starting off with the Warriors here, they're starting to heat up. Clay has been coming off the bench, especially in his last game in Utah, where he ended up getting a 35-piece, I believe it was. You got Draymond back, and the numbers are good with him being back with their offensive rating. And then also the rookie, Podemski, uh, he's been a great asset for those guys. And then Steph, honestly, is having a really good year, but it just has, hasn't gotten the shine because of the position that they're in, in the 10th spot in the West. So continue to monitor this situation. I don't know what's going to happen to Chris Paul. I don't know when he's coming back. But this team is starting to heat up. They have a really good offensive future going moving forward, especially with some of the rookies um, that have gotten a extension and they've been signed for the rest of the year here. So the Warriors play the Lakers tomorrow on Thursday in the Bay Area. I might be going, not so sure. The next game that I'll be probably most likely going to is the game on Sunday. And that is the Warriors versus the Denver Nuggets. Speaking of the Nuggets, lately they've been laying an egg and it just seemed like they were ready to 
hit that vacation and book that trip to Mexico because they did not play good. I think they are on a three or four game losing streak as it is going into the break here. So I don't know if it's just fatigue or just not really in it, but I want to see how the Nuggets do. I definitely think they'll, they'll get far in the playoffs, but it's going to be hard to go back to back. Any any player analyst would definitely tell you it's definitely hard to repeat. And it's a lot of legs. It's a lot of wear and tear, especially in the playoffs, um, especially with a lot of your core still being healthy. All right. Switching gears now to the Los Angeles Lakers. This team has been picking up steam as well lately in their last few games. And Darvin Ham, Lakers coach, changed up the lineup. He took out TP and then he's putting Rui in that spot. And the numbers have been pretty good with that offense with D'Lo, Reeves, AD, and LeBron. So the Lakers are in the ninth position in the West. I mean, right now they're essentially playing for a plane. But if they're able to pick up a couple games and string together some good wins, they can make some steam more so in the West because those four teams in the West are pretty dialed up. You got the Nuggets, you got the Clippers, and you have the Wolves. And it's just a real tough competition. But you know what? Five five through ten right now is going to be pretty much wide open. So we'll see all the teams kind of bounce back around as well. All right. And next, I wanted to talk about the Sacramento Kings. The Sacramento Kings are sitting in the eighth position. They've slipped a couple spots down. They were in the fourth, fifth spot uh, for quite of most of the season. So they're 31 and 23, and they're seven and a half games back from the number one spot in the West. So the Sacramento Kings guard Darren Fox recently said, lately that he's been playing with a hurt shoulder so we have to see what lies ahead because you definitely want a lot of your players and your core to be healthy during the end of the season going into the playoffs fox was hurt last season as well when he played against the warriors and i think it was one of his fingers was, was broken and he ended up playing with a broken finger uh for the rest of that series and you definitely want Fox to be healthy. He just got some good rest. Obviously, that's not going to fix everything. Um, but, you know, when he gets hurt, uh, the team definitely misses him. But the Kings are still able to do good. But they definitely need their star player in Fox for the rest of the season moving forward. You know he's going to be the ultimate competitor from just watching him and, you know, his interviews He's gotten a lot of heat from some people here in Sacramento because they're saying that he doesn't care about the team and that he's a selfish player. And there's this and that said about him. He hasn't performed at times during the season, but you know what? That's a lot on a star. You can't expect him to have a great game every single time. And, you know, there ends up being something like this where he's playing hurt and him and Sabonis do have a history of playing through injury. That's just kind of what you got to do at this stage in time. And like I said, the rest definitely helps him and some bonus, uh, who also gets beat up a lot in the paint and doesn't get a lot of fouls. If you guys watch the games, some bonus gets hacked every single time, probably gets in the paint, but the rest ended up, you know, they'll punish him for being the bigger, stronger player, which I think is absolutely bullshit. But um, that's my whole thing about the refs this season, but I won't keep going about that. 
moving forward. And you know what? The Kings have a big decision in the offseason. Monte McNair is going to have to see what he can do for his shooting guard, Malik Monk here, six years in the league, 26 years old, from Kentucky, first-round pick, 11th overall in 2017. So I wanted to talk about Malik's contract here, 2022 to 2023. He received $9.4 this season. He's getting a little bit over $9.9 million, and he signed a two-year $19 million contract, 19.4 to be exact, contract with the Kings. So he's an unrestricted free agent this offseason, and if there's a, a team out there that gives him more money, will he go for it? So I think if you're Monte and the executives and the owners with the Sacramento Kings, you do everything that you can to keep Malik Monk on your team because he is a definite shining brighting star off of the second unit him and trey lyles this is my pick for six men of the year and if you can you pay him what he needs to get paid because you know what another team is going to end up paying him more if you don't give him the right contract obviously he did that when he was with the lakers the kings offered him a better deal so he ended up taking that so i think you make your six man of the year candidate here you you pay up if you're um Leadership. So Sacramento Kings have a, a schedule for the rest of the month. And you know what? There's a lot of good teams that come into town. You have the Lakers. You have the Bucks. You have the Heat coming in. And there's a lot of good games. The Suns. Um, I'll be attending probably the last two months of the season and the rest of the home games when I can. So I'll be reporting back to you guys whenever I do that. So... I want to know, who do you guys have playing in the NBA Finals this year? Put your comments below which teams you think are going to be in the Finals this season. And that's what I wanted to talk about and what I think. I think it's going to be the Clippers versus the Celtics this year in the Finals. So it's a big year for the Clippers. Talking about the Clippers first here. They have a lot of things going on with them. Kawhi just ended up signing the extension. We'll see what, what's up for PG and the rest of the players and James Harden as well. But they are going into the new arena after this offseason here. And Ty Lue honestly might get sacked if he doesn't win it because he's been there for a couple of years now and the team just hasn't gotten that far in the playoffs. So PG and Harden and Russ all are basically feeling the pressure, I feel like, to just win their first championship and I think they're going to end up doing that this year. And, you know, those guys are towards the back end of their career. And they they want to get that ship. So this is the year Kawhi and PG have been playing a lot of games this season. Of course, they made that whole 65-game policy, which I still think is bullshit. But it was definitely aimed at something like the Clippers doing last season. Uh, having those guys sit in a lot of games during last season so it's a big year for the Clippers I think they win it all here but there's a lot of pressure for those players and James Harden looks like the player of old like I've said before and PG and Kawhi have been looking strong and Kawhi definitely looks like the old player of old mid-range making a lot of good jump shots good decisions very good on the defensive end active hands those big hands of his man uh, and just seeing him slam it 
live right here in Sacramento when they played the Kings earlier this season with his left hand, the left flush, man. I was like, all right, yeah, he's definitely back. So that's what I think about that. Moving on about the Celtics here. Um, this has got to be a year that they have to try to win it uh, because you know what? You don't have any excuses this year. If you're going to have a healthy Porzingis, who is the X factor with this team, and you're having the best league record right now in the association, and you probably will end up getting that title during this regular season. You got JT playing pretty damn good ball this season. Uh, the all-star um, and him, he's been playing very good. Jalen Brown's been playing good for them as well. So you need your core to be healthy especially the last tail end of the season. You don't really have any excuses this year, and you just made a acquisition in Tillman as a backup uh, to the big man there. So that's what I think about that. Jason Tatum, I definitely am challenging you to win your first championship this year. It just doesn't seem like you will never get that credit for being an amazing player that you are until you win MVP uh, and win a title. Um, so... Those MVPs are definitely going to start to flow as the years go by. Of course, if you guys saw it, JT was basically saying he feels he is the best player on any given night. And honestly, that's the attitude that I fucking love to fucking hear is you think you're the baddest motherfucker out there and there ain't nobody better than you. I mean, as a competitor and playing soccer here myself, I want to be the best and I think I'm the best. So that's the mentality you got to have within sports and competition, man. I don't think he's being too outlandish to say that. You definitely have to have that dog in you to just be like, fuck you guys, man. I'm the best. Uh, So I'm challenging him to get his first title this this season. And overall, there's just good matchups overall and just top tier basketball between this matchup between the Clippers and the Boston Celtics. So... I want to talk about their game that they played this season um, in the TD Garden. I believe this was January 27th there in Boston. What really stands out as far as team stats here um, is the Clippers shot at almost a 44% clip from the field and Boston shot it at 36% from the field. So this tells me that the Clippers were making more shots um than the Celtics. And also these two teams did not shoot the three ball very well. 25% for both of them, 10 for 40, so not very good below the average there. And then something else that definitely stood out is points in the paint. The Clippers had way more points, 64 to 48 with points to paint. So that what that tells me that is they definitely dominated the paint and the Celtics did not guard the paint very well I mean it's just as simple as that I did I did watch a little bit of some highlights uh, during that game but honestly I think this is the game that's going to be very intense I don't know if they play again this season I don't have the schedule right in front of me uh, but that is a game that I am looking forward to watching if it ends up going to uh, the finals here all right, that is a wrap, everybody. I will be going to the Warriors game on Sunday versus the Denver Nuggets, and I'll have my report on that game next week on the next podcast. Hey, I appreciate you guys listening in to the end of this tail end of this podcast, and keep an eye out. I do have some Kings tickets to give out the last two months of the regular season, so make sure you guys tap in 
to my Instagram, Shot Clock Scribbles Podcast on there for those Sacramento locals or surrounding areas. I will be doing some giveaways for the rest of the regular season. So make sure you guys tap in, subscribe, tell everybody, all your friends about the show.